engineered, driven, created. You are listening to the B Velocity podcast, and this is episode 18. I'm Deborah. And I'm Sophie, your host, and we'll be speaking to our guest, Samantha Leakes. Samantha is a composite technician for Alfa Romeo Racing, all an F1 team. We'll be talking about some of her varied job roles, qualifications she's obtained to get her where she is today, and her hobbies in her downtime off track. Welcome, Samantha, or Sam, make it less formal. Amazing to have you on. We've been dying to get you on for ages. You're finally on the podcast. How are you? How's the season going? Hi, everybody. Yeah, uh, it's been great so far. Back in F1 for the first time since 2016. Um, yeah, nice to catch up with friends in the pit lane. So uh, it's been quite exciting for me. Um, and considering everything that's been going on in the world right now, um, it's uh, yeah, something different. Yeah, I bet. I mean, sort of everybody's been watching it all unfold and I know last weekend was a, a bit of a mad one wasn't it and just like hearing the crowds again was it was crazy so it, it made all the hairs on my arms stand on end when they were all cheering for uh, George Russell and uh, and all the English guys it was yeah it was surreal actually I think you don't realize how much you miss the fans until until they're back and yeah, the atmosphere is absolutely electric. It was something else. Oh, I'm very jealous, very jealous. <laughs> so um, could you tell us a bit more about your role then within the team? So I'm the well, one of three composites technicians within our team. And in a nutshell, I basically look after anything that's carbon fibre. Um, on top of that, I look after aero assemblies. So specifically the front wing assemblies, I also look after things like the floors and the bodywork, and we have quite a good relationship with the engineers and the aeros. That's basically where our jobs come from, I guess. You know, they dictate what aero package they want and and things like this. So, yeah, I always say the car's 90% carbon fibre, and I'm one of the people that looks after it. So. So you look after most of the car and that's, you know, that's not a bad thing to be able to say, is it? <laughs> kind of most of the car. I can't take the credit for the mechanic side of things. It's definitely not my forte, but uh, if something needs repairing or, or that side of things, yeah, then that is something I, I enjoy to do. So. Um, are we right in saying that you've actually relocated for this role as well? Yeah, so actually it's the second time I've relocated. So I first uh, relocated to Germany in 2018. 
Um, and that was definitely something really interesting to do. It definitely made me a more rounded person and was a really good experience for me. Um, and then to come to Alfa Romeo Racing Orleans, I had to move to Switzerland, which, um, yeah, was super exciting for me. Never been to Switzerland, apart from the Zurich airport for, on like mid-flight <laughs> mid to somewhere else, but never actually experienced Switzerland. And it's such a beautiful country. It's really amazing. And it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up, you know. I having left the UK and moving to Germany, I was not so drawn to coming back. And I just, I don't know, there was a few possibilities back in the UK, but then how many people get to go and live in Switzerland? So why not give it a go? So that's where I'm at right now. Haven't really seen it that much though, because we're away so much, but uh, you know, it is what it is, so. <laughs> I was just about to say to you, you've relocated, but then you're probably spending more time in other countries than you are where you relocated to anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spent well, only probably a few weeks in Switzerland and with COVID and everything that's going on, I haven't really experienced it, let's say. I've managed to visit a few places um, and have a wander around, but I can't say I've done everything I want to do, which is good for me because it means I can sort of do it later on um when we get some downtime hopefully during the shutdown and at the end of the season so yeah amazing um so what's your favorite part about working um with the team I know that obviously it's going to be very hard to choose a particular thing um but yeah I guess the first thing that comes to your mind I love repairing stuff that is that's where my adrenaline comes in. And I think that's where my expertise comes in. It's, you know, if we have a crash, which I don't wish that we have, you know, it's not something you sort of think, oh yes, that would be great. Let's have a, let's have a crash. But that's the one thing that I, like, I go into overdrive and I'm like really excited. And yeah, I start, my brain starts going, right. So how can we repair that? And what's the best way and the most efficient way to do this? And it's like, yeah, it's very strange. Um, and I think that's really kind of what got me into composites anyway. Um, I like the fact that there is processes to follow, but you also have to be able to do stuff in a different way to because you don't have everything available. You know, part of the car might be missing, for example, or you might not have something to replace it. So you have to sort of think off the fly what you need to do. So for me, yeah. And I always, I think with Formula One, I also like the aerodynamic aspect. I have a basic understanding of it and it interests me how critical a car can be, you know. Um, it's something that we spend a lot of money developing and that's pretty much, okay, the engines determine the speeds, but also the aerodynamics of the car is so influential for a race that that interests me so yeah it's crazy when you watch a race and you know like something that might look like a small part falls off and the next thing you know you're losing you know crucial well, time. Can. <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is sometimes the thing yeah sometimes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well obviously when f1's not on and you're not being this amazing composite 
composites technician and having your face on posters everywhere. Well, I was definitely was not expecting that. So. Yeah, <laughs> surprise. Yeah, I thought that was just. I thought that was incredible when I saw that. I was just like, yeah, she's a poster girl. <laughs> person. Poster person. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Person. Um, what do you do, like, in your downtime? So I know you do some mountain biking, don't you? I do, and I have a very large obsession with Lego. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> This year, unfortunately, has not been so successful with, on the Lego purchasing front. Um, I'm behind on my car purchases. However, um, I'm sure that will change over the shutdown. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, what do I do? I like hiking and mountain biking or getting out on a bike in any way. I just like to be outside. Um, have to say it's pretty tiring you know traveling around in between all the races you value your downtime quite a lot you know even whether that's sort of sat in bed until 10 in the morning or watching Netflix or some series you know binge watching that and stuff like that I'm not adverse to that I do like running as well um one of my aims this year or this season is to run every track um I was a big supporter of park run um I set park run up in Cologne when I was in Germany um so that used to take up quite a lot of my free time that's just about to start this weekend actually um and start in the UK we haven't got it in Switzerland yet but hopefully it's a something I can help join in and get going in Switzerland um so yeah I wouldn't yeah, Lego, running, mountain biking, just being outside, really. You like, you're like me, I have to be outside. It's like right now, I'm like, sun's out, I want to get on my paddleboard, I want to go out. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to start paddleboarding, I still haven't managed to do it. I, it's one of my things on my list to try and give it a go. I'm not confident I'm going to be very good at it, but hey, why give it a go. So. Wow. Depending on how long you're in the UK, I can name drop some companies and stuff. So we'll, we'll save that for another time. Definitely be back. Definitely be back. Yes, definitely. <laughs> now, I know you've been involved in like other various championships apart from F1. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your roles in, in those? Um, was it similar or slightly different? So I my first motorsport career was in F1. It was um, in a very surprising role. I was a model maker originally. So I guess that's where my aerodynamic love, not love, it's probably a bit strong, but interest came. Um, and I was fortunate enough at that team to support trackside as well. So they had a rotation basis where we having being a model maker we obviously got to see the car slightly in advance so if we were going testing or something it was good for us to support them because we'd seen it in the wind tunnel and then I actually really enjoyed the racing side of things and I thought you know what I really fancy being in the pit lane and I got the opportunity in 2016 to be in the pit lane with the Formula One team and I grabbed it I was super lucky I did a season with them and 
that's where I started doing composites technician, like composites teching. I don't know how you would say composites, but that's where I started doing that. So I did a bit of that in the model shop. It was a bit more ad hoc. It was um, less strict, but I think my passion for composites came from there. And even at school, I was doing glass fiber and things like that. So it was sort of always in the background for me. And I kind of think it was a bit of a natural progression. Um, and then I went and, so then I left F1 and I went and did some world endurance racing and I did the same. So I was a composites technician there, but the roles were different. So there, there's, there's obviously less money, there's less, the parts are different, the parts are bigger and the parts have to last up to 24 hour race, right? So Le Mans is 24 hours and actually it's technically slightly longer. So you learn to repair stuff in a different way. You have different assemblies. So you have a front end instead of a front wing and, and, and things like this. So, um, but that was probably my best experience was going to an LMP2 team. You know, it taught me a lot and it really grounded me and made me realize that, okay, I've got a university degree, but now I've also got experience and I can offer them my experience and yeah, I learned quite a lot going to a smaller team. I think it was very beneficial. So for me, I'd always, you know, people want to go straight to F1. And I think mm. I did. I was super lucky to do that. Um, but going to an LMP2 team and seeing how it's done when you don't have the money and it's a smaller team and there's only a handful of you and you don't have a factory to do anything. I think I probably learned the most then. Um but yeah, pretty similar role and the same when I was in Germany it was a, a similar role. So yeah, since 2016, I've predominantly been a composites technician in various forms. You just kind of touched on it. Let's, let's talk about your qualifications purely because we've got quite a young audience. Some have left school, think about going to uni or college. Some might be interested in your job role. Just tell us about the the qualifications you you know you've obtained. Um, obviously, you've got a lot of experience now, but I think for some people they might be interested in going down. Oh, what qualifications do I need? Yeah, so it's it is a bit difficult. In there isn't necessarily anything specific to what I do, or I never went down that road. So I have a degree in vehicle design, and. I studied at Coventry University. They don't longer, I don't think they actually do that course any longer, but it sort of touched a little bit on uh, model making and things like this. And I also did design on computers, but I was heavily drawing based. So to me, art was a really strong subject at A-levels. I did design technology at A-levels and I, had, I did, actually I did PE at A-level um which from an aerodynamics point of view was really helpful because you did I did um biomechanics and things like that and you learn how like a swimmer went through the water and things like this and actually when I got to university I was really surprised how PE gave me a basic understanding of aerodynamics um in regards to actually where my career went I learned quickly that I didn't want to sit in front of a computer 
it's something I was very hands-on at school and unfortunately design is heavily computer-based and I was sort of on the cusp of drawing still and CAD and all the CATIA and all this side of things wasn't really taught it was there but it wasn't you know it was I did a computer design module but nothing more than that and I really enjoyed the clay modeling I did so it kind of made me think that would be a really cool career but I didn't actually know that I could do that so I my biggest thing if you want to go and to university or you have that opportunity to do something you will enjoy because I my wow how do I say this people always expect you to do something a bit more academic or something like that and I was I enjoyed school I thought it was great but I was definitely not the most academic person I was really I liked my art and I liked my design technology and making things and I kind of thought if I was going to go to university I had to enjoy it it was another three to four years of learning right and I get bored quite easily I guess you sort of think I've sat down long enough in a classroom do I really want to do it any longer so yeah I went and followed something that I'd enjoy and it was it did help me get my first job but it took a long time to get my first job. Um, you come out of university fresh faced and excited and thinking you can take on the whole world. And then unfortunately you don't, yeah, jobs, work doesn't come that easy. You know, you really have to fight for it and you have to not nag, but you have to be persistent. Um, I sent my CV around to so many places. Um, to be a car salesperson, for example, you know, I knew I wanted to work in cars, but wasn't really sure what direction I wanted to go in. Um, and I was super lucky to get a junior role um, at a team. And yeah, and it was difficult. I can't lie about that. It was super difficult. I was the first girl there, I was fresh out of university, so I was super enthusiastic and, you know, and people weren't so keen on that. And I think for me, the adventure of going to university probably gave me a better view on life. You know, it um, doesn't just teach you your degree, it teaches you life skills and, and things like this. And actually, I was very grateful to have that opportunity I wasn't close to home and I think if you have the opportunity or feel comfortable to go somewhere new then go for it I mean actually it's people don't get that opportunity so um and I wouldn't say you should go and do a degree specifically for your job I think you should go and enjoy your degree and that enthusiasm will help you in the future Hit it because I've got. Mm, I didn't go to uni. Just went to college. And look at me now. I'm I'm working in an industry that, in my mindset, I was born in because I've always been surrounded by motorsport. You know, I'm very lucky. Silverstone's up the road from me. I say it every single time, but it it's true. 
and this will be you know on a next question um which is coming up you know it's either in the blood already or you just fall into it um and to be honest i'm looking forward to your answer to this next question and i'm gonna let sophie crack on because i absolutely love this question because i just love the story i'm i'm such i love storytelling and stuff it's great yeah so a question we obviously ask um most of our guests is how they originally got involved in motorsport um you know whether it runs in the family or whether it's something that you i don't know had a talk from somebody which is quite rare and thought that's what i want to do um we're big on obviously females in motorsport so it's interesting that you said you were sort of one of the few girls and um yeah tell us all tell us all about it <laughs> well i think I always set my mind on F1. I think it's the pinnacle of motorsport. Everyone, you know, who loves motorsport thinks that's where you want to end up. Um, I remember going to see Jensen Button's first race at Silverstone with my dad. And I was lucky we were in the grandstand and we got like, and I was wearing my McLaren jumper, you know, and I was super excited that it's Jensen Button and all this stuff. And I think I don't, I used to watch it with my dad on a Sunday afternoon, you know, not, I wouldn't say I was massively passionate about F1, but I was super passionate about cars, super passionate. Even when I was a baby, apparently I had to sit on every motorbike that there was around if I saw one and things like this. And my parents both liked their cars. Um, and I was hugely into the modified car scene back in the day and, you know, had nitrous on my car and, and, think, and, used, to, <laughs> and used to travel for hours to go to car meets and, and things like this, you know. So, and actually in my sixth form, I probably spent more time driving around in my car than I probably did at school at one point. I think that's probably <laughs> a bit of an exaggeration, but uh, for sure I was all over the place, you know, I got my first car at 17 and I was like, right, I'm free and independent and I can modify this and I can do that. And um, so I always knew that I wanted to do something with cars. And I think if you were to ask my teachers as well, they were like, yeah, she's always going to do something like that. Um, and I'm pretty strong willed, you know, I sort of, if I want to go and do something, I will do what I can to do to achieve it. Um, so I guess, yeah, my mum was massively into cars and my dad and actually my grandpa, he was into cars. He used to get a new car every three years and uh, even though he like drove it only at the weekends and things like that. So I think, yeah, cars were in my blood. I don't know if I ever expected to get into F1, but I applied everywhere. I literally applied everywhere many times to the extent where, you know, you didn't get a reply and then you went to apply again online and they were like, you have already applied for this job. You can't apply for it again, you know, as it, as it happens. But yeah, I think you just have to be persistent, right? I can't say like I went into WEC into, after 2016 and I don't, I followed it a bit, probably because one of my really close friends was working at one of the top LMP one teams at the time. So it was so cool that I knew somebody that worked as an engineer and, you know, and you followed it and you get, when you get into F1, you know, I went straight in at the top, really. I was super lucky. 
Um, like I said before, I don't think that's necessarily the best route. I think having the experience and working your way up to something isn't a bad thing. And I've said to many people that have asked me how to get into motorsport, you know, I think volunteering, getting your name around, um, getting your face out there, let's say. I mean, people know who I am now. They've And I can go into the wet pit lane and everyone says, all right, Sam, how are you? And I came back to F1 again and everyone was like, oh, it's so great to see you in the pit lane. It's been so long. And the welcome from the different teams was, was fantastic. And I think, actually, if you want to do it there's no harm in volunteering there's no harm in in uh cleaning the floor or or just being um seen to be proactive in getting involved um but it's not easy you just have to yeah and at one point I thought I'd give up and I've so far haven't you know I've kind of I did the whole well, I'm not going to get anywhere I don't enjoy it it's not what it's not for me but it's my dream, I want to do this. And you have to think, oh, if that's what you want to do, at least you've tried to do it. It's, you know, my main thing is if you don't try and you don't give it a go, how do you know, you know, whether you're going to enjoy it or not? So, Can, yeah. I, can I ask what, what card is used to modify and which one had the nitrous on it? <laughs> So my, it was my first car and I had a Lupo was my first car. It was a one litre Lupo with nitrous and it was the first Lupo to have nitrous in the country. That's how old I am. Um, I wanted I wanted an old Mini. I have an old Mini now, but I wanted one as my first car. And my dad was like, it's not safe enough. You can't have one. So I ended up with it with a Lupo because I didn't want the same car as anybody else, which I think at the time was a K.A., Fiesta, a Yaris, or you know, the new Mini had just come out. I think maybe not. Maybe that was a bit later. But I was like, no, I don't want a car that anyone else has got. Has to be something different. Okay, the Lupo it is. <laughs> yeah, the Nitrous probably did that part for you. <laughs> Hundred brake horsepower, then. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> but your car modifications are probably a lot better put together than mine are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So, um, what's what's one thing you wish you you had known before, or when you began your career in motorsport? I know you've touched on it, but just you had like sort of one piece of nugget of knowledge that you wish you had. I would say I was very naive coming in to a male-dominated, um, what's the word, career environment. I thought I was just going to walk in and everyone's going to accept me and, you know, I'd done all the things that I thought I needed to in order to get the, the job and stuff like that. So I think at the time, yeah, I think I, having been at school predominantly with boys having been at university and doing a predominantly male degree I kind of expected it just to be I always thought of myself as never thought of myself as a female I just thought my, of myself as another person doing the job I didn't realize it was going to be quite so um 
Yeah, it was difficult. For me, it was difficult. That's all I can say, you know, for the first two years, it was a real push to stay. Um, and I think had I realised that it was going to be quite that difficult, I'd have still done it, but I think I would have probably approached it slightly differently. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. things, you know, are getting better now. I think I think they are just from sort of people that we've spoken to so far. Um yeah, so basically, your, from what I get from you, your main sort of things would be to be aware, be determined, and be adaptable. That's the sort of vibe I get from you. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I, I'm a huge, yeah, I think, and if you want to do something, just go and do it. We've got nothing to lose, right? We live on this planet for as long as we are here, and why not give it a go? I mean yeah put the cv and send it to everybody if you have because it's if you don't try you don't get anything you know it's that one phone call that you make or that one letter you send that could be your the opportunity you never thought you'd have so um i think yeah yeah i think they cover it basically and uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh lovely well We've got one more, one more bit of fun for you, haven't we? <laughs> yes, I like this bit. And I'm going to go straight in because I think you're going to pick a banger. So if you've listened to our podcast, see I'm bopping because I know what this is, um, you'll know that we've got a playlist and every single guest we ask, we ask for a song choice and that goes on our driver playlist. I can say it's very inspiring. What's your song choice, Sam? What what song would you put on there? Oh, that's the really difficult one. My like my song, there's a few that I have. Like the killers, Mr. Brightside is obviously for me. It's like a that's classic. That's on there. That's on there. I like <laughs> Arctic Monkeys, Mardi Bum is probably me. <laughs> me to a T. But I'm really passionate about Dua Lipa these days, and she's like. A legend now but I yes. couldn't tell you which song I prefer but I definitely love her album and she's she's the uh, one person I listen to when I'm running and stuff like this you know she's a huge motivator I don't, uh, and it's been one of the great things about Silverstone is we were we were next to Williams and they were blaring out all the British anthems of Oasis and, and things like this so I was like this is amazing I don't know if a, a motivating song would be Arctic Monkeys though do you know so what I like that song. So, because you've said Mardi Bum, perfect. <laughs> Absolutely love that song. Heard it live. And yeah, yeah. you relieve her. She's got some absolute bangers. Um, I'm trying to think of one that I really, I don't know, I just think all of them I listen to while I'm running. Both of her albums, you know, they're just, yeah, and she's, she's a real talent there's, but there's so many I love music it's one of my passions so it's yeah. really difficult to pick one but I think from if I was to say like right now it would definitely be Arctic Monkeys Mardi Bum just because it's me right <laughs> I'm gonna put that on there but I've just got this feeling of levitate yes yes very good I just very I just good. That's just popped in my head. If you agree, I'll put it on there. But then again, I'll find another one and be like, oh, yeah, I'll have that one. <laughs> well, to be fair, this is the last episode for this season. So you've got the last song. So we'll go out on some more bangers. 
Um, and this is the bit I don't always like, but it's never the end. Um, you know, always new beginnings, new adventures. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. You've been absolutely incredible and awesome. And I'm so glad we spoke to you. Um, just just from your face and you sharing your experience, I can, I can see the passion in there. And I love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, I just want to say one thing. Talent has no gender. Mic drop. <laughs> we love that. We love that. Yeah, it's been incredible to have you on. Thank you so much. And um, just keep inspiring everybody. And we'll, we'll push this out. And hopefully somebody will, um, you know, listen and, and be inspired as well. So thank you so much. Thank you too. Been great, great. Oh. Yeah, it was really nice speaking with Samantha and learning about her experiences in F1 and other championships as well, and just really learning about how she got into motorsport. And we hope that, like I said, it does inspire some of you. Um, so, if you have any additional questions for Samantha or Sam, then please do let us know, and I'm sure we can get her back on as a guest for season two or drop her a DM. As we said earlier, this is the last episode for season one of the Be Velocity podcast. We've had 18 incredible guests. Everyone has taught us something about life. They've shown true determination, the progress between each individual person. Go volunteer. As Sam said this evening, be determined. Get your name out there. Get your face out there. Just go for it. Do not let anything stop you, regardless of your gender. We are very much be velocity. Get out there and just do it. I can't tell you how passionate I am about this. And I'm telling you now, I cannot wait for season two. Just stay there. Keep listening. Sophie, also want to say a massive thank you for your additional support with this podcast. No, it hasn't been the easiest thing, but we've both learned from it. And I'm hoping our guests can see how much this podcast from the start to the very end has developed. And please go show Motorsport Sophie some love on her own personal accounts. And if anyone can help her from what she's done on this podcast, then please get in contact with her. And it's the same with all of our guests. If you can sponsor them, get in contact with them via social media, just to give them a hand or some help, then please do it. Because that's what Be Velocity is about. It's about building this global community and just getting everyone involved. We don't talk about bitching, harassment or bullying. We prevent it by stopping it and just getting rid of it because we are positive and we are going to grow. And I can't wait, really can't wait. I've been so inspired by every single guest. And Sophie, you need to stop me because you know what i'm getting emotional she's getting emotional emotional. (laughs) just been phenomenal every person has just been phenomenal and it's it's been it has been yeah it has been amazing to meet everybody and and learn you know everybody's individual stories and and hopefully like you say deborah we have you know we have helped somebody out there and um we've helped at least our guests you know get a little bit of exposure and yeah it's just been a pleasure just meeting everybody to be honest I'm a people person um that's what I'm all about so thank you everybody uh, for listening to season one of the Be Velocity podcast and stay tuned for season two where there's going to be more exciting episodes with more amazing guests if you'd like to get involved in building our global community then please get in touch but until then it's bye from me and it's the final goodbye from me Engineered, driven, creative.
velocity. Velocity. Speed, velocity.